Thanks, Keen. You are listening to The Right Hook. Tara Duggan with you until seven o'clock this evening. They do say that what's seldom is wonderful and uh, I couldn't be a happier woman today. First thing I thought of when I woke up this morning was this particular slot on the radio. It is, of course, time for Essential Songs on The Right Hook. And as ever, Bill Hughes is here to give us his Essential Songs from a particular year. Bill, this is, I haven't done this with you since I think it was New Year's Eve last year. God, that long ago. It is that long ago. Yeah. And it is, and I think I said it to you then, it's my favourite slot on ah. the radio and it's an absolute <laughs> honour. I'll, ah, ah. I'll, I'll try not to fangirl ah. you too much, but it is an absolute <laughs> honour. Uh, and 1991 is our year this year. 1991. I thought we'd go back 25 years, the quarter century, to see what on earth were we listening to. Just before we move on, can I just say something? I finished last week's Essential Songs by worrying about Chad Kroger, the lead singer of Nickelback. And I wasn't sure if he'd recovered from his surgery. And I went off on the night, not sure. And the next thing I hear an ad, Nickelback appearing at the Three Arena in November. So he's clearly fixed and they're back. So any fans of Nickelback who were going, what was Hughes talking about? That I didn't know. Okay, so he's better, he's recovered (laughs) and taking to a stage literally near you in November. So I'm tuned in again. So 1991, uh, I have very fond memories of 1991. It was the year after I did my leaving cert. Uh It was the year that I got my very first job in radio. Mm-hmm. I'm really showing my age now. Um, it was a notable oh, your year age compared to mine. Forget <laughs> I'm it. I'm the young one. Yeah, you're the child. Uh, it was also. I mean, it was in. It was in 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 news. Uh, my first job in journalism, and uh, it was a massive new year for news stories as well. And two that spring to mind was was the Gulf, well, the Gulf War, mm-hmm. and um, the release of Brian Keenan. Um, from Lebanon and uh, John McCarthy as well. So I have very clear, very fond memories. In fact, in my head, I still think I am firmly in 1991. Well, in 1991, for me, I was 36 and I had four series running on RTE concurrently as a producer. You were a busy So I was up to my eyeballs with opening nights and up and running and Music City USA and Fair Share. So I was like, my God, completely mad, you know. But listen, they they were great days, great days. And the first song is a song that still makes me laugh. It's a guilty pleasure. It's the ultimate guilty pleasure. In fact, it has been like so many songs... In April 2008, the song was rated number 49 on the 50 worst songs ever. Watch, listen and cringe by Blender. Uh, But then it was hailed as one of the greatest songs of the 90s. And in 2011, it was voted number two on VH1's 40 Greatest One Hit Wonders of the 90s. And the song is... It was written about me before you give the title away. It was very firmly written about me. I'm too sexy. Right said Fred. There you go. It's the one to walk up and down to. It's the one to pretend you're on a catwalk. It's the one after you've had too much to drink at, and you put a hat on after the, and you get your guests to all get up and you do a little fashion show. It's this I'm too sexy and everybody feels great. Everybody feels great. They really, it was the Fairbrass brothers, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, one of them was called Richard Fred. Fairbrass and one was called Fred. Yeah. Yeah, but Richard was the main guy and uh, Richard uh, had been a very successful bass player. He'd been a session player uh, with Boy George and with David Bowie and he actually appeared as the bass guitarist in Bowie's short film Jazzin' for Blue Jean. So Richard had a fair musical pedigree. He did, he had credentials, yeah. yeah. And then joined the brother and they got another guy called Rob Manzoli uh, involved and 
they went on to sell 20 million records. Now, that's a lot. It is. But Richard Fairbrass is also known for his humanitarian work, his gay activism work, his beat homophobia work. He's um, a very clued in kind of guy. At one stage, Madonna said that she would pay, I think it was a million, to sleep with him one night. And he was like going, nothing could convert me, darling. It's like, and certainly not Madonna. So, uh, but here we are. The first one, 1991, I'm Too Sexy, right, said Fred, the Fairbrass brothers. And it's just get ready. to Turn your kitchen into a catwalk. Pretend, go into a catwalk in your head in the car. Whatever you're doing right now, you're going on the catwalk. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love, love's going to leave Pussycat Bill, what? <laughs> it's genuinely funny. That it is puts you in great funny. form. But time to get out the drag box. Time to get out the wigs, the hats. Just put them on and walk up and down, have a laugh. They were viewed, though, as a bit of a comedy act, weren't they? Novelty rather than novelty, comedy. Suppose, they were a novelty, yeah. but people forget that the following year, 1992, they came back and had another number one with Deeply Dippy. And for, for um, uh, I'm Too Sexy and for Deeply Dippy, 
Both years, they won the Ivor Novello Award for Best Song. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> and appropriately, the next song is called Sit Down. <laughs> and it's by James. Um, one of those acts that came out of the Madchester music scene. And uh, James, they took themselves terribly seriously and they should have had the great career. And they were tremendously talented, but they just... Uh, they had a different way of approaching everything. Paul Gilbertson was all into, oh, improvisation, let it flow, man. And then Tim Booth couldn't handle, and he was the lead singer, and he couldn't handle all of the inner tensions. And then uh, the guy who gave his name to the band, James Patrick Glenny, uh, known by everybody in the band as Jim, but he was James, and he was the, na- the person who gave him it. So they, you know, they, they, in 2016, they released an album this year, they released an album called Girl at the End of the World. Uh, they had an accompanying tour and they uh, had the opening uh, act on in Glastonbury on the other stage. Right. They were So they're still around, but various incarnations of them. And I think uh, Jim Glennie is the only one that's of the original lineup because they fell in and out of love with each other. Um, they had like come down, sit down, she's a star and laid. Like they had four big singles lots of impact and I think you know just the albums they sold 25 million albums worldwide so that's pretty Pretty impressive pretty impressive but they just couldn't hold it together the egos and that sense of tortured artists I was going to say we're artists rather than just gigging in a band yeah and it was a shame because they could have done so much more and I would like to have heard more music from them and certainly Sit Down gives me that sense it takes me back it does and it's again a bit like I mean I'm too sexy in a a different category albeit but it's again it's a tune that kind of stands the test of time yeah and quality production, like really quality production. And you think of what was coming out of Manchester at that time, you know, Stone Roses and that whole sort of uh, clique of music people who all seemed to fall was, out. And they all kind of took themselves a little bit too seriously, yeah, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, because that's small. That's what small town does to you. You know, whereas you go to London, people knock the edges off you and say, you know, whereas here in Dublin, uh, everybody knocks the edge, knocks the edges yeah. off everybody. Yeah. So nobody gets a chance to go too far up their own bottoms. Yeah. But uh, Manchester, sadly, mm, it did. The Manchester scene, great music came out of it, but just it came attached to assholes. <laughs> um, and what do they do? What do you do with those while well, you sit down on them? Let's have a listen to James.
while the record is playing there and we're saying about uh, wasn't that used in some commercials well the thing about a band like James is they would never have allowed it to be used in commercials but they got themselves into so much debt with the record company that they had to sign away their rights to the song to pay off their debts to the record company so the record company had no hesitation in then licensing it for ads of course so that's the sad thing being in a rock band and being making music and going into a studio that's an expensive business you know so the piper has to be paid so on next to another in my opinion very attractive bald man he's extraordinary seal crazy is the song he wrote with Guy Sigsworth. And Guy Sigsworth is an interesting guy because like, he has written and produced with uh, Bjork, Goldie, Madonna, Britney Spears, David Sylvian, Alanis Morissette and Alison Moyet. David S- Sylvian is a name I, I haven't know. heard in well, a there long you go. time. But quality artist, Guy Sigsworth, and, and, uh, that he's worked with. So anyway, he got together with Seal and they wrote this and Crazy was the debut single from Seal's first solo album. Now, the thing about that is that Seal had broken onto the music scene the year before. He stole the show at the Brit Awards uh, in the Hammersmith that year because he won three Brits. He won Best British Male as Seal and Best British Album as Seal, but he won Best British Video for Killer with Adamski oh, because he tune. was the vocal on right. Adamski and that's how he was discovered. He was discovered when he sang Killer and that's he got the deal and the next thing so the, the you know when it came time for the Brits Awards he just he won the hat trick and the Sports. first artist to win the hat trick so quite a character born um, in London um, he was a foster child um, brought up uh, his his um, parents were Nigerian and Brazilian mix and he was put into foster care and you know people wonder about he he's a very strikingly handsome guy but with really bad scarring on his face and mm. people wonder where that scarring came from he actually had chronic lupus and it is a very a nasty disease I know people with lupus and it, it can be very debilitating so Crazy was inspired by the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Tiananmen Square massacre. So okay. there's a lot of depth in this particular song. Let's have a listen because again, this is a, just such a fabulous song and I have personally brilliant memories of the summer of 1991, you know, and... Uh, being around the environs of Hoth where I live close to and God, what a tune. So atmospheric. 
goes there for is to unlock the door for those around in criticize and sleep fractal on a breaking wall I see you my friend and touch your face again miracles will happen as we dream but we're never gonna survive unless we get a little crazy no we're never gonna survive so happy Bill to hear that again you know it's again another one that's so stood the test of time and, and it also won a songwriting award for Seal so uh, from Ivor Novello so uh, classy stuff really yeah. classy him and Guy Sigsworth a uh, wonderful piece of writing from 1991 uh, produced by the way by the legendary Trevor Horn oh yeah Trevor Horn, the man who gave that big sound to Frankie Goes to Hollywood yeah. and Relax. Yeah. So, we're on to number four. We're on to number four and this is where you and I may have to um, part minds, I oh, think. Oh, really? Really? Yes, I think so. Um, I, I'll I take you back to 1991. On. I was at the New Music Seminar in New York. Uh, there was about 20 of us from Ireland went over 
and it was where young Irish bands and producers and video producers were raising money and uh, making new contacts and doing what they call, you know, the, the, the mingle, that, that whole, you know, chillaxing and all that sort of stuff. But one of the showcases at the legendary New York club Palladium, which was legendary at the time, Palladium, uh, late at night, everybody was whispering, have you got a ticket, have you got it, for this woman, Crystal Waters. She was going to perform La Da Dee, La Da Da, Gypsy Woman. And I was like, I, I nearly killed somebody to get a ticket. And I got my ticket. And you were to show up at 2 a.m. And she finally came on stage at 3 a.m. How very New York. But she was preceded by uh, an octet of strings and then electric cellos. And then, so they did this mad mix into the song. And she came out in a full black sequenced evening suit with white shirt. I'll never forget her. She was so striking looking, beautiful woman wearing diamonds as big as the Ritz. And she came out and stood center stage and went in and they just, uh, she just did a little hand signal and the groove started. And the next thing she started to sing this song and she did a 20 minute version of it. I was in Heaven. 20 I was in, minute But it version. was like, you know, with loads of the dancers came and the strings came and everybody was like, and it was just la da dee, la da da, gypsy woman, she's homeless, crystal waters. And I will just never forget it. Now, she's an extraordinary woman because when she was 11, she started writing poetry and she took it so seriously that she was inducted into the American Poetry Society when she was 14. Uh, that's really cool, like very, very bright but Gypsy Woman, she's homeless, Crystal Waters, you don't like it. I know, it wasn't that I don't like it. And I <clears throat> I think at the time I liked it. And look, sure, geez, if it came on and the dance floor on a given night, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'd necessarily stay sitting down, but it's just one of those irritating songs that becomes an earworm that's with you for not even hours or days, but sometimes weeks and it'll pop back into your head when you're in the shower or when you're mowing the lawn or whatever it is that you're doing. And I just find it, irritating in that way. Ah, that's sad. That's sad. And I'm sorry to any of the listeners that it's going to turn into an earworm for this Thursday evening. But I think it's a great earworm. All right. Well, let's sample your earworm then. Crystal Waters, Gypsy Woman.
despite myself, even though I was criticising it, I found myself bopping away in the chair, Bill. Well, it's it's great because Crystal Waters, she got a publishing deal for writing songs and this was one of the first ones that she wrote and she cut the demo herself and she offered it to the record company for Ultranate, who had just had the worldwide hit with Everybody's Free to Feel Good. Yeah. And it, it, the record company listened to the, the sample and went, no, 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 honey, we're signing you to sing this. She'd already been signed to write the stuff. And she does an mm. amazing voice and, and mm. fantastic striking imagery there, the suit. And, and mm. if I remember correctly, she had a really big bun on the top of her hair as well. Bill Hughes, it has been such a pleasure. I <laughs> I cannot tell you and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks, I even like the fact that, uh, you know, I, Crystal Waters may have irritated me, but I love the fact that we did songs that George would have hated. <laughs> Bill Hughes, such a pleasure. Uh, coming next on The Right Hook, we'll be kickstarting another business.